Hi, and welcome to the Quick and Dirty Romance Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sky McDonald, author of the Auntie Bell series. And I'm Sarah Smith, author of Faker, If You Never Come Back, and Simmer Down. And together we are Sarah Sky, author of the best-selling new release, Sips and Strokes. Each episode, we'll dive deep into what it's like to be a contemporary romance author. We'll talk writing inspiration, give you the inside scoop about the publishing world, chat about how we write those infamous sex scenes, and more. And then we'll pull out and wrap it up in 30 minutes or less, but we promise to leave you satisfied. So if you haven't already read our books, please be sure to check them out after you listen to this podcast and DM us with any questions or requests for future episodes that you may have. Sarah, it's been a while since we've had an episode, but we've been a little busy releasing our new book. Uh, But today we wanted to get together and talk about attraction. It is a very critical element to the romance world, of course, but it's also interesting to think about in real life. Uh, I had gotten a little feedback, uh, or the question, I guess, more better put to me, about why somebody would be attracted to someone else. And of course, in our book, Lily and Calder are quite a bit different, Um, and that's usually true, I think, in a lot of our books, but especially these two. And so just the idea of like why someone is attracted to someone else what we see when we see that spark, how much legitimacy do you need? What do you think, Sarah? Like when you're when you're writing a book either on your own or when we were doing this, like where's the setup about the why? That is an excellent question. I think this is a question that I think you can like, you can ask like a million people and they'll, t- they'll give you like a million different answers, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously I think it starts for a lot of people with something physical. Um, that's typically how, I don't know, not to like make it about me, but like usually there's something physical that I notice about somebody um, that initially attracts me to them. And then um, from there, when I start to talk to them, either the attraction goes up or it's like, no, you suck. I don't like you. I, <laughs> I don't find you attractive anymore. Um, I, I don't know. Do you, I think there's an element, at least in real life, where like there's something about them that like endears you to them in maybe a way that you don't understand but there's like that spark that instant chemistry the way that they're talking to you the way that they're looking at you um maybe their body language I feel like it starts with stuff like that and then because attraction to me is something that like builds and deepens and that takes time to to develop for me, but I, I don't know, like, what do you, how about you? How do you, how do you like look at that? Well, I think it's very true. Uh, I would tend to agree with what you're saying. Um, I think for me personally, there's a mental connection that's really, really important. I've heard this term, uh, it gets thrown around in dating app profiles, sapiosexual. Do you know this word? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yes. But yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about it, honestly. So I definitely looked it up because anytime I see a term that like keeps reappearing and it's like, what on earth? Um, it means that a mental connection or intellectual stimulation is directly correlated to like sexual attractiveness to somebody. So you need to be, or if somebody identifies as say sexual, they are saying they need a mental connection to the person in order to be physically attracted to them. And when I first looked this up, in my mind, I was like, well, yeah. But I, I, 
I realized I took a beat and I thought, well, maybe that's actually not true for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it definitely is. Um, definitely. I find people more attracted, the more like intellectually connected to them. I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that, I mean, obviously too, you want, like you want somebody who presents well. Um, so you're right. It's like that initial spark of chemistry that comes from whatever it comes from, whether it be really good banter or being really flirty in a bar or I don't know what else, any, I don't know, stumbling into an art classroom and seeing a lovely lady sitting there like in substance trucks. Yes, that was a shameless plug, but seriously, like in books and in real life, I don't know. I heard it said once that men kind of fall in love with women they're attracted to and the inverse is true for women so that women fall more in love with or find men more attractive the more they like like them mm. but I don't know I think it's a combination of both for both genders and for any gender really like I don't know if that's really a little bit too like like heteronormative maybe yeah exactly yeah. no exactly. and I, I feel like I've heard that like growing up and that always kind of like rubs me the wrong way because I'm like well that's a really general statement and I feel like when I was young and I heard that I didn't I couldn't like place why I didn't like hearing that way and then like as I grew up I kind of realized well okay yeah that's true for some people but like like you said there are other genders that exist you know mm -hmm. and also like not all men act a certain way and not all no. women act a certain way um and there, I think there are plenty of people who, I mean, I guess, I mean, I have definitely like, like there are people who I think that they're physically attractive, but then like, I know them as a person. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're physically attractive. I will, I will give you that. But like, uh, the beyond that, this, like, it's never, it doesn't ever materialize into more than that because either like you're a douchebag or we have nothing in common or talking to you is like talking to a rock or, you know, cause we don't have, we <laughs> yeah. have no chemistry or we have no, you know, anything to keep us together than like, Oh, you look kind of, you look very pretty or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very surface, but yeah, I, that's an interesting point. But um, yeah, I try, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like attraction is a lot easier to have happen in a book because you're writing it. And you're, yes. <laughs> and you're like dictating what's happening to your characters. Um, and I think I'm glad you brought up Sips and Strokes because one, because it's our book and I'm always about shameless plugging our book. But <laughs> also I think the attraction between Lily and Calder is like really obvious to me. And I think we established it really well. Um, obviously there's a physical attraction, but mm -hmm. um, I think we did a good job of taking it deeper than that like they're I think Calder really likes how sweet and genuine Lily is as a person and Lily really appreciate appreciates how um like Calder's just very like straightforward and confident and but also really yeah. kind and um I think that is what sparks their attraction I don't know you wrote it. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. Like, I think we hit right off the bat that they, there's a spark there, but I think that then it just comes naturally that these two people are personality suited to fill in each other's blanks, if you will. Um, because I think that's what a good, a good partner is not a perfect match to you. It's a person who 
helps balance you, who keeps you like, like the parts that you need elevating. They'll give you the confidence like Calder does. And at the same time, I mean, Lily gives Calder his own confidence by like giving him the legitimacy that he's kind of tried to undersell. Um, so I totally thought it was like, it made sense the way that it started with the surface level and then got deeper. Um, in terms of the kind of women versus men thing and the kind of antiquity of that concept, I think you are right. I also think when I hear something like that, it makes me think about kind of like older sort of like expectations of husbands and wives and like how it was always, it was kind of like sort of okay for the guy to let himself go where the woman like would always be working on like dieting. So I'm thinking specifically around like sort of older, like suburban kind of like that sort of stereotypical look, but like it was kind of okay if the guy was like, getting the gut and everything and then the, but the woman like you didn't really want to see that and just kind of like I'm really kind of glad that those kind of barriers and boundaries have been kind of broken because I think you should I don't think you have to have the eight pack that we like to write about but I do think you should take good care of yourself for your partner and for yourself you know so um that idea of like oh well you know he's let himself go but I, I still love him I mean yes that's great that you still love him but we should all take care of ourselves. It doesn't mean that there's a certain standard. It just means feel good, right? Um, but no, I thought Lily and Calder, like, they are very different, but I thought that's why it worked. Um, sometimes opposites do attract, I guess, in a way. Although I think that only goes so far in any, like, truly, truly opposite. Like, it's like, what does that even mean, right? It would be hard to kind of define it. But, you know, if like you said, like if he's a really pretty guy, but he's like a total douche or uh, flip that around. If she's like a really pretty lady, but she's totally rude. Like then opposites don't attract, right? Like it's like, it only goes so far. Um, I guess in not suitable for work. I really worked with that too. Cause like Celeste even says, and I know in Faker, like Emmy and Tate, there's a whole like boundary they have to get past to even, find the attractiveness but like Celeste I think even says to Ben somewhere in not suitable for work she's like why do you even like me and he's like you know that's a really good question because they have been like rivals and butting heads but you as a reader can just see that they are suited for each other and they're like the things that she's going through don't actually prohibit I don't know that I've ever read a book Sarah that I thought I don't understand why these people like each other um yeah i I have, but it's been a while. And I'm, 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 yeah. I, don't, I don't, even if I do remember what book that was, I wouldn't name it because I don't want to like, you know. Of course. You know, it's just my opinion. It does, I'm not going to trash anyone's book. Um, I just, uh, it's interesting how like you mentioned uh, Not Suitable for Work with Celeste and Ben because yeah. I think, um, and that I, I really think when you talked about like, how, well, how do you define it? I like, so I think you could put down qualities. Like, like there are a lot of people who would have the qualities that you find attractive, like on paper, somebody who's kind and honest and hardworking mm -hmm. and loving and doting and all that stuff. But like, like a million people are that way, but you don't fall in love with a million people. You know what I mean? Like you right. fall in love with the person that you're with um, because there's probably some element that you probably can't articulate. It's just like, like it feels comforting to be with them yeah. in a way that it doesn't feel comforting to be with like the person you dated before who was kind and sweet and handsome and remembered your birthday and took your mom out on her 
I don't know, birthday, you know, who did all this yeah. other stuff. It just didn't click or you didn't have that connection that you needed. So I think as like when you're writing a romance, it's important to establish why the characters like each other and are attracted to each other. But I also think that there's like an unspoken element you have to like weave into the narrative too, which is really hard because if it's unspoken, you're not really like writing it down all the time. <laughs> um, but it just, it has to be like a sense that the reader feels like, oh yeah, the, this is why these two click. They get each mm-hmm. other. Like, they're there for each other in a way that no one has been there for them before. And, you know, like, I don't, like in Sips and Strokes, like, okay, so Lily was with her ex, Marco, before, yeah. and he's super handsome, very successful. I mean, like, he ends up being a jerk. So you, and if you read the book, and I'm not going to give away what happens, because you should go get the book and read it. Um, they, obviously, Lily and Marco break up. And the reason why they break up is a really good one. Um, but like, but again, like these are people who exist, you know, who have a lot of the same qualities that you would list. Like, okay, these are great qualities, but like, we just didn't work out. Yeah. You know? like, I, I don't know. Like there has to be something more than just, he's an honest person who looks really good in a suit. And yeah. I like making out with him, but like, <laughs> what else? Well, I don't know. And there are definitely like, in books and in real life, like there have been like the guy who makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Or on pa- like you said, on paper, there's nothing wrong there, right? On paper, like it's 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 good, but like you're right, there's that quality that when you attach with somebody, when you are like, no, that you're my person, yeah. right? And like you do have to make it unspoken but clear, like these two people need to be together because they fill a role in their in each other's lives that no one else can in that way and of course you know part of that's the sex but even then like I I had no like you know it's not like we're gonna like every other guy wouldn't have been good for Lily it's just that Calder was the right guy for Lily and like even though again they weren't really like similar you know they come from very different sort of experiences and different personalities, but they have that thing that balances each other out. So it snaps together. And I think that the same, I think that that is a part of real life that can and is very true, right? Like a lot of things we write are idealized or sort of the fantasy of fiction. But I think that that, like, I don't know how to explain it, except that this is the person that I'm in love with. Um, Yes, he's really hot, you know, Calder, but like, that's not why Lily wanted to spend like was interested in, you know, more with him. Right. So right. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because it is a line between fiction and reality that it can be hard to explain. You know, you can even have like a friend and they're dating somebody and they're crazy about them and you're like, and there's a big difference, right? There's that, there's that moment where it's like, girl, what are you doing? Uh, which yeah. I have been that girl before. So I'm going to own that. But there's also that line of like, I don't really get this relationship. Like, I don't really get how it's working, right? Mm-hmm. I know people who have been happily together for well over a decade, and it's like, them? Really? But yes. But it works, right? Like, right. whatever, whatever. And again, I feel like, too, in the context of a relationship, like, nobody knows your relationship as well as you do, obviously, in real life. So, yeah, there may be people who are like, what the F? Like, mm-hmm. how does that make sense? But, like... Maybe on the surface it doesn't, but because um, like you were saying, opposites attract is kind of a common saying. But I feel like 
even people who seem like they're opposite, they must have a commonality in their value system or something at the core because otherwise you wouldn't be together. And maybe that's yeah. not something that you broadcast all the time. So people just assume like, oh, that's kind of a weird pairing because you don't look like you would be together. You don't seem like you would get along well, but you've been married for 40 years. That's amazing. But I think that's because you've like at the core, you've bonded in a way that shows that your values are the same and you're similar in that way. And that's what counts rather than like, oh, do these two people go together? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, I totally. Like, yeah. I feel like Lily and Calder are kind of that way too. Because yeah. Not that they're opposite. It's just um, like, I feel like Calder, one of the reasons why Lily really loves Calder is because he like just being around him makes her feel comfortable in a way that being mm -hmm. around other people hasn't made her feel and I feel like when you find somebody who can make you feel like you can be yourself and make you feel like you can speak your mind and be comfortable in saying what you think when you're somebody who has spent a long time not being able to advocate for yourself or you feel like you get steamrolled by other people because you feel like you're a doormat or a pushover or whatever like it's a really special feeling to be with somebody who's like no, you're, you're strong. You're amazing. Say what you want, say how you feel. And like that to me is where her attraction to Calder is like the core of that, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm sorry. Not to go on no, so no, that's really well, important. I could like, and you can make that broader. Like that's a, that's the sips and strokes example. And yeah, we've said sips and strokes like a lot and I'm here for it. You're going to hear it again, but it's almost like anybody who takes your shadow self right? Which is, uh, it's actually, that's actually a specific term. It sounds all dark and scary, but it's not. It's just the parts of you that you need to work on, right? Whether it be insecurity or it be like being a doormat like Lily, or it be like, you don't feel special or you don't feel like you're capable of whatever. And the person who shows you. So like, okay, I'll take Celeste again. Celeste feels like she is an ice queen who is incapable of being a good partner to anyone. Because of the experiences she has gone through, that would be her shadow self, right? She's come to understand that she is not capable of loving someone properly. And then, like, so then Ben comes in, right? And obviously that, that door gets opened again. So I think it's like the person, you're right, like the person who makes you feel, and you probably hear Lincoln in the background, I'm trying, I'm trying, guys, we're trying to get into it. Uh, but the person who makes you feel... Um, that those things that you you don't like about yourself actually aren't as big, right? Because we always are our own worst critic. And so I think that that's probably a really interesting part of the connection that you're talking about right there, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I love how you, thank you for explaining it that way. Yeah, you're gonna get into the whole shadow work thing, but <laughs> <laughs> not to get too deep on it or anything. Um, but no, it's it's a fun thing to see in books because I think it's a thing that people have all felt. And you're right. There are those couples that you know that you're like them. But I think that the really important thing that I would take away from that is the thing that like I'm so big on in life, which is let people be people. If two, if two people are in love and it don't make any type of sense to you, it does not matter that it makes no type of sense to you. It makes sense to them. You do not need to worry about it. They are okay. And because it does not, like, it would, it would make you miserable. Okay, that's you, right? I've certainly seen couples that I'm like, I can't imagine being in that relationship. That's good, because that's not my relationship, right? You know, and so I always think it's just really important to really just kind of celebrate the love 
and let people just be exactly what they want to be in love and just in always, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally, I, I totally agree. And I can definitely think of some instances where I've been with people and, you know, people are making comments about like, oh, those two don't make sense. And I, you know, I'm definitely thinking like, yeah, I guess they don't. But I'm also like, it's also none of our fucking business. Nope. <laughs> like, who, as long as, you know, everyone is a consenting adult, it doesn't matter what other people think, or it doesn't matter if your attraction to another person makes sense. Who cares? Yep. Um, we should all just be supportive that, hey, look, they're together and they're happy. That's great. Also, because so, you know, a lot of people um, strive to find that sort of connection yeah. with somebody. And uh, again, as long as everything is, you know, consensual and they're happy and they're adults, who cares? Like it's right. attraction is, I don't know. It's, attraction is like such an interesting thing to talk about because I think you can define it, but so much of it is undefinable too. You know, <laughs> precisely, precisely. In the end, love is love. It is what it is. Even when it makes no sense, even when it comes back to bite you on the ass afterwards, attraction is attraction. And like you, you're right, it is definable. You could talk about types or qualities or personality, but in the end, it, it, it is, it has that je ne sais quoi, as they would say, right? That mysterious piece that is inexplicable and is why I think we continue to read, we can read ro romance novel after romance. It doesn't get old because it's right. always its own thing. Can anyway. I, can I ask I'll you say, a question? Um, yep. Have you ever been attracted to somebody who you didn't make sense or like, you know what I mean? Like, or if you don't have to talk <laughs> That it didn't make sense. I would say that defines the majority of the interesting relationships I've ever had. <laughs> like, so I feel like you can have like a friend, like I have a bunch of people in my life who are friends who like are very different from me. Like you said, I just, you know, I'm not in a relationship with them. So it's right. Not, it's not ever to that level, but like, I don't know if I've ever been with somebody who like, I was like, why am I with this person? There's just like something about them. Like, I, I don't know. Have, have why you... am I with them? It's something about them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah. say, I definitely say, I, I, I identify with that. That hits for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's an interesting experience because then like the real thing, the real work that begins there is to actually try to answer that. What is this person giving you? Because if it doesn't make sense, and like, this is obviously real life, not romance novels, although I guess it'd be an interesting novel, but like, is it really about them or is it something that they're inspiring in you, right? Is it something that they have gotten you to see about yourself? I don't know, but it is an interesting like question because if you can't answer it, then it might be actually more about you than them. And I think that that's a really good way to learn about yourself, right? It can be super informative um, if you take it that way, or, you know, you could just get lost in the moment and repeat the cycle, but I'm not sure that that's, it's not probably the healthiest way to do it. Like if you, if you can look at yourself about it, then I think you're going to learn something there. It could be really interesting. That's a really good point. I'm, that's really cool that you brought it back to that. Cause I've never thought of it in that way. Like, okay, if I can't define why I'm with somebody, is it with them or is it because something is happening with me? That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually kind of gives you some agency back some of your own power because I mean, you know how it feels like when you fall in love, you're just like desperate, like, you're just like, oh my God, they're just yeah. so great. And you're head over heels and it's awesome. But it can also be really, really complicated, right? 
So the more that, or like, if it is like a thing that's like, this makes no sense. What am I doing? Then like, what are you doing? And that's like, it's about you. What are you getting here? What's going on? And that gives you a bit more like solid ground, I think, if you can look at it that way, which of course we can't always, because sometimes we just go crazy when we're in love. And that's also fun and terrible and wonderful all at once, right? It's amazing. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a weird emotion, but it's an amazing emotion. It is. It is. And it doesn't get old. It just. No. Oh my God. No. Yeah. Well, Sarah, that was great for me. Was it good for you? Hell yeah, it was good for me. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you all so much for listening to our talk about chemistry and romance and love. If you like what you hear, please, please do leave us a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. And if you haven't already read our books, they are. Not Suitable for Work, Off the Record and Nemesis by me, Sky McDonald, and Faker, Simmer Down, and If You Never Come Back by Sarah Smith. And of course, Sarah Sky's number one renew release, Sips and Strokes, which you may have heard mentioned in this podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Author Sarah Sky and on Instagram at Author Sarah Sky as well. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Writer Sky McD. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at author Sarah S. We love to hear from you. So reach out and DM us with any questions or requests for future episodes. Quick and Dirty Romance is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.